I think my dad's writing in the wake of finding out he wasn't my biological father, artistic stuff that was coming out of him, I think that was one of the major impetuses for wanting to make the film. Time has come. Catherine Bigelow! No, no, tu vas m'exciser là, t'es ouf? T'as pas le choix. Mais tu trembles! Oh, machin! Growing up, I knew of Wonder Woman, but I didn't know much about her. I wasn't a big comic book fan. Not even worth state tuition, Christine. My name is Lady Bird. Uh, well, actually, it's not, and it's ridiculous. Call me Lady Bird like Christine. you said you would. Le César du meilleur scénario original est attribué à Denise Gamze, Erguven et Alice Vinocourt pour Mustang. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. I tried being a writer, but I hate what I write. We burn things, because war's the only language men listen to. Because you've beaten us and betrayed us and there's nothing else left. We're in every home. We're half the human race. You can't stop us all. And we will win. Brilliant. So this is, this will be the first of the podcasts for the Femme Filmmakers Festival. But thank you both for joining me. Two, two yes. films. Filmmakers, two prolific filmmakers. <laughs> oh, nice to meet you, Julia. Yeah, yeah. nice to meet you. Yeah. Um, so both Caroline I've met online um, and kind of you've written for the site also, but she's been busy making, editing films as well, during lockdown especially, which, which you've probably seen with the Clawford trilogy which was funny. Yeah, I, I just saw that this morning and I, I loved it. It was so funny. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, it, it was funny. Um, we'll talk about it shortly, just some of the, some of the sort of expressions and that playing off yourself, which you see that comedy comedy now where you play the two characters. <laughs> find that quite funny as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I didn't have any actors, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, you had a, there, was, there was a bear. Yeah, you got Clark, so... Yeah, I suppose. Lion, yeah. <laughs> Clawford was acting. I think Sammy was a... a little bit of acting. Yeah. <laughs> He's union, too, and that's tough, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously, Julian, uh, somebody I met last year um, through a film called Golf, which was in selection last year, which I'm going to say there's... there's I've seen a previous previous films of hers, um, sort of sketchy. You do sketch shorts, and you did a drama with Jim Cummings, as well. Um, yeah. So everything I see of yours is is different. It takes me in a different direction, which I quite like. Up oh, the new one, you sort of went back to my drama again. You know, so I like that. I like that. Yeah. Sort of. Thank you. That's been uh, kind of a goal. It's to keep kind of making something a little bit different each time. Yeah. So, have you seen the lineup for the festival first of all? And you know, if you have, has anything stood out? I'm quite interested to to see films by big names, but but ones that are not the most obvious choices. So, like Agnes Vardy, you've got Vagabond there. I've seen. Um, Jean Dielman by Chantal Ackerman, but I haven't seen No Home Movie. Yeah, just look like not the not the ones that would immediately spring to mind when you think of these filmmakers. So it's a great chance to see some of their things that aren't, aren't the most obvious. 
but you've still got quite a range in there, all, all different eras and genres. Yeah, I mean, the challenge is... I suppose the first thing you think is female filmmakers, you, you, you think, oh, that's going to be a challenge. Uh, but it really isn't, you know. It's, 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 there's plenty to go at. But I like to look for... Trying to look for what's available to stream, you know, on, like, the main, the main services. Oh. Chantal Ackerman was a really tricky one. You can't find her films, not just not as accessible, you know. I'm thinking like across the UK and and the and America, but worldwide as well. Her films are, are really not very accessible, um, so I struggled. But I think that one I picked was a good one. More commercial films, you know, you, you'll find those quite easily. So I did want to try and find dig a little bit deeper and find those. Maybe if not forgotten, but less less seen. While still, like you say, trying to keep, get some of those big names uh, uh, in there. So yeah, I think I'm missing Claire Denis. Almost, yeah. Which is a shame, but I had to narrow it down. Yeah. And there was a few that I wanted to. Watch. So there's filmmakers I've not included. Uh, so there's no clueless this year. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see a lot of these. The, the shorts and competition, and then it was great to see, um, you know, Mustang in that lineup too. That's one of my. Fa- I haven't seen it since it was in theaters, but it was one of my favorite films. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen Lulu Wang's short Touch, so uh, that's also just nice because I, I haven't seen that. I've seen her feature, but um, yeah, to see the shorts from some of these filmmakers as well is is a great opportunity because, as somebody who's getting into making shorts, it's great to see see these big names but you know what do they do that that aren't the big films i've heard of yeah i don't know some of these i've never heard of yeah i watched a film recently um a horror film called the relic i don't know if you've seen it yet oh no we were gonna watch it um i'm curious to hear what you thought because it looks terrifying (laughs) uh yeah i really like it i mean the the, the horror films now are kind of they're all pretty much the same you know, we went through this phase, didn't we, of teenagers getting lost in the woods. The yeah. million, a million of those. They're kind of dying off, excuse the pun. But the mm-hmm. now you're getting the kind of the haunted house, creaky house, hereditary yeah. horrors are making a comeback. And this is like that. So it's really oh, hard. Good. Really hard films to try and be a bit original, but this one does that. But she was in the competition with us a couple of years back uh, oh, with yeah. a short film called Creswick, which was where the film was set in Australia. Very similar, but really short. And she's carried that style over just absolutely perfectly. And I find that really interesting as well, to see if the style is different in a short film to a to a feature. You know, I always find that fascinating. Yeah. Did you see The Hole in the Ground? Uh, I think yeah. that came out last year. Yeah, I did see that one, yeah. Yeah, that was another one that, like, I mean, that was like a true indie, I think. And um, it was just cool to see kind of what they did with, with a little bit of a smaller, I don't know. It was, it was nice. I enjoyed it. Super. So let's talk about your your films and your careers, I suppose. Um, the Clawford Trilogy is, I chose to start start the, the festival. Um I think because I knew Caroline, and I didn't really, I didn't want to. I mean, we don't know each other that well, but I didn't want to add it into the competition and then, 
you know, be accused of favouritism <laughs> or anything. I just wanted to keep it separate. And I thought it was a good film yeah. to open because it's it's slightly different to a lot of the other films. And obviously the, the comedy aspect as well. You don't really see a lot of comedies. And obviously Julia is back in competition again. Um, which I think is the first time this has happened really where the same filmmaker has returned straight away and got a film in competition. Um, so yeah, golf last year, which was, I suppose it was a comedy, but there was a certainly element, very, the, the theme of how, I don't want to get too into it, but how males treat females and how they try and kind of um, make up for, you know, mistakes they might have made or, but it was done in a comedy, comedic way, especially with Julia playing the main man, <laughs> which was... <Yeah. laughs> Come on, did you see the film? I did, yes. yes. And in fact, I've seen golf before. Oh, right, excellent. Um, but, but what I love about... So I also saw the... Um, um, I'm going to get the name wrong. Oz Funny? Yeah, no, that's right. Oh, excellent. So that, okay, so, so that one as well. And what I like about them all is that you never quite know, what, as the film starts, you don't know what direction it's going to go in. And so you're sort of left as question for a while, like, um, where is this going to go? What are they going to talk about? And what I really like in, in golf is is the, the serious nature of what what's being said or how, what I've interpreted as what's being said. Um, with the comedy of you they're playing this guy um, and the awkwardness around that. But, but to me, it was like, um, let's discuss women as possessions, mm-hmm. um, but through the lens of I'm going to parody that and going to play it up. So yeah. Yeah. I really liked that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's exactly right. And, and, and you know, I think the objectifying and then also just like this sort of ownership over a partner and how, you know, the, let the you know, just the, the guy in a relationship can end up doing that or the people around you end up doing that. Of like, oh, tell your partner I said hi. And it's like you kind of end up becoming the owner of each other in a weird way. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was I, – I wanted it to be – funny but it's also a really serious topic and it's it's not that funny so yeah it is a, I, I think of it as a dramedy a little bit um yeah that was a, it's fun to make yeah or like how if, if a, a man approaches a woman at a bar and she's she declines him and says no and he won't take no for an answer until she says i'm engaged or I'm married or here's my boyfriend it's like okay sorry i'll back off now like well yeah. you didn't take my word for it but you will take his because yeah. i belong to somebody else like Mm. yeah totally that's a great way to put it and it is like such a tough position to be in because also you shouldn't have to yeah you shouldn't have to make that excuse or make that qualification and unfortunately more often than not have to (laughs) yeah the way the the, the male character tries to keep in the channel of the male you know tries to keep up his his kind of maleness oh you know it's cool you know you you talk you talk to montana i'm not gonna do it no, you do it, and I like that as well. Especially, I know it's played by a woman. We talked, discussed this last year. Why, why you did that and the effects, but you, you do, mm-hmm. you do forget. And I a couple of people that didn't know from the jury last year. I remember telling you that they didn't know that that was you, and they were like, oh, 
and that works as well. I think it works whether you know or not. It works the same. So that's what I like as well, yeah. Yeah. So let's quickly talk about Uproot and then we'll come to the Crawford trilogy. Um, the, I mean, I said comedy was, was, was comedy in golf. Yeah, you're right, it is, but more drama. This one is certainly ups the drama ante. Although I did laugh a couple of times, and that's because the characters, or rather the, the female character who does most of the talking, she sp- speaks like a regular person. Yes, I will be there and I will do the thing, yes. Okay, well, this is really important, Nina, and I just really... Okay, could you just shut up, lady? <laughs> ah! Excuse you. What, what happened? Nothing happened, okay? I just, okay. honestly, I'm sorry. I, If I go in there angry, he won't come with me. And I love you, I really love you, but you have to stop. You're driving me up a fucking wall. Fine, whatever. Wait, are you there right now? I'm fucking messed up. You have to tell me I can't eat anything. Uh, there's a lot of recycling. You know, so what I'm going to ask about that is, is was the was a lot of that improvised with the way that she said those, some of those those lines was it all well, tightly scripted yeah it was pretty word for word on the page but i will say getting to that point of of what we had on the page was just kind of reading it out loud over and over and over again mm-hmm. and kind of create like it sounds weird to say but but scripting the improv so every time i would read it out loud and perform it I would realize oh this this doesn't really work or or this needs a little something that feels to your point like a little bit more real and then we would come up with that improv and I would write it and then when I met with my actor Joey we read it aloud again and then figured out what actually fit into her mouth because you know some things that come out of my mouth sound normal and then it doesn't work for the individual you know who's reading it so it was it was a lot of it was prepared. Um, I don't think we really did any on-set improv, but it was a lot of kind of uh, collaborated, scripted improv. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's harder, surely, to, to get that natural discourse, that conversation on a script. is harder than, like you say, you know, let, let it happen on the set. Oh, oh yeah, that sounds good. But if you, the fact you did it that way makes it suggest that that was even harder, I suppose, to, to get it onto the page, which... Is admirable, I will say. Yeah, it's not. It's not the funnest way to write, but no. it, it. I find that it it pays off at least for me the most. And and we shot it all in one day too, so it also just you know it. It's hard to leave room for for any unknowns when you only have you know less than twelve hours of actually filming. Oh, wow! Yeah. Do, uh, who decorated the house then? Or is that was it like that? <laughs> no, it was it was so the way that this whole short came about was that my production designer Madeline Wilheim, who I work with, you know, I'd say nine times out of every ten shoots, came to me and kind of pitched me this idea that she she wanted to make a short. She didn't really feel challenged or didn't feel like she got to show off the production design that felt good to her. It was usually just kind of. Uh, you know, turning an office into a different office space and then flipping it back at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And um, so she wanted to do something where plants took over, and that's kind of the prompt she gave me. And so I came up with a couple ideas and then pitched them to her, and then we went back and forth, and 
first we were going to do this sci-fi thing, and then it, we wanted to do something that would also be just more grounded. Um, but part of the, the pitch that she gave me was she and her husband were moving out of their duplex, and they had just bought their first home. So they had a completely empty duplex um, apartment that we could like change and, and furnish. So that whole set was empty. And she came in, and, and because she had the keys, she kind of over a month-long period filled out the entire space. So she, like, full-on dressed that, made it look lived in, um, and, and did, like, such a fantastic job. Yeah, I love it. And it's, ti- it's kind of timely as well, although it's not about COVID. You would certainly place it now, uh, sort of what can happen, and, and that similar sort of isolation as well so it's quite a timely film i think yeah it, it's oddly unfortunately timely when i wrote it i you know i didn't see myself uh aligning so much with uh ptolemy's character greg and now and now I, the, the most of the messages i get are like oh i totally feel that guy and that's just like not what i thought the world was going to be like when i released it it's even funnier that he's wearing a mask at the end because when i wrote that <laughs> I kind of had a moment of, oh, this is a bit ridiculous. And, and now I'm like, oh, no, this is this is everyday life, especially <laughs> in the U.S. Um, but, yeah, it is oddly timely. And um, I hope I hope it won't be timely soon. <laughs> we can figure this out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah the, 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 I know what you mean. The mask, I, I didn't find it ridiculous. Obviously, I'm... I didn't know your intentions, and it's certainly not about COVID. But by by then, you kind of feel for him quite heavily, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, and it's almost it's almost quite tragic, really, yeah. that you know this is not going to have. Uh, we're not we're not going to see a, a a happy ending as such um, for him yeah. at this at this stage. So that it just it kind of it makes it a physical presence of the sadness towards the end that comes out, and he has to wear that because. It just makes him feel safer. It's really sad. It really, it really made me think. You know, it, I really, really like this film. Um, yeah, it was a heavy one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, what did you think, uh, Caroline? I I really liked. I really liked um, the very natural performances, like you were saying. Like it just it felt like it was being improvised because they came across so naturally and it meant that you could empathise with them more than if you'd have felt like that it was more scripted, even though it was scripted. I really liked also um, the lighting. Yeah. was was very nice. I, I, I did watch it thinking, oh, that was very, very nicely carefully done because he has his, um, the, the sun time, mm-hmm. I think that was the mm-hmm. phrase. Um and they're sort of bathed in light from behind and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, the, the house is dark because he's shut in. And the only light that he's getting is during sun time. And you sort of think, what is what is sun time a metaphor for in his life? Um, but, yeah, I really liked the lighting and the naturalness, natural performances. Yeah. Yeah. My DP, Luke, is amazing and I, I love him uh, but we had like long conversations of how we could create something that would be beautiful but then also we're confined to basically one room in an apartment um, and yeah he, he worked in magic and created just this beautiful kind of blooming and we also had a hazer which was a last minute 
addition, but I forgot how helpful just creating some atmosphere with your lighting. Um, you know, that's lighting in camera is not my first skill when it, you know, in, in film and will never be. And I, I always am so excited to see when everything comes together. And it, it was just so, so great. Um, when we finally, you know, flicked on all the lights and started filming, I was like, Oh wow, this is going to be really pretty. And you know what? I, I take it back. Ptolemy, Ptolemy Slocum, who played Greg, he actually did a fair amount of improv with a lot of the talking to himself. Um, that was kind of like, he pulled that out on the day and I was like, oh, this is genius. You're doing a fantastic job. Because I had written like, oh, he's talking to himself. And, and he kind of just came in with all of these little, you know, stories he was telling his plants. And I feel like that really made it even more natural. Um, but that's probably the improv that we had on the day. Could you explain what a hazer is? Yeah, a ha it's like a smoke machine, um, but it, it creates less of a smoke look and more of just this like bog haze. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it, we would, every time we were going for a take, we would, you know, press the foot pedal on the hazer and a big plume of smoke would come and then we'd kind of take a, um, take a beadboard and kind of push it out of the way and kind of uh, dissipate it a little bit, but it just created that, that um, I don't want to say smoky look, but a, it just created a little bit more of an atmosphere to it, almost like we were in kind of like a, a jungle. Yeah, yeah, like a greenhouse. Yeah, a jungle. Yeah, yeah the, the, the actor was, they were both good, but he, he was particularly brilliant. Um, there was a, the most emotional scene where he actually tears up. I mean that the, you, you, held, you held on him. Mm -hmm. That that if he was like Ooh. nominated for an Academy Award, you know that would be his, <laughs> his nomination clip. Uh, it was brilliant, yeah. absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he was he was fantastic. They both, I mean, both of uh, our cast, our leads were so amazing and so critical to the final result of what we had because to be honest like when I wrote it and when I first sent it to Joey and Ptolemy I didn't see it as quite so heavy and then they both came in and had these opinions about their characters and brought this even more like heavy serious tone to it which I'm so happy they did because I I, I can't imagine it any other way and um yeah I, I credit a lot of that to them and the chemistry this as well for, for a short film to get chemistry that like that i can't imagine what that was how tough that is to see when you saw that you must have thought oh, that's how i wanted it or you know there or thereabouts yeah i was i mean the, the way that we did that was just not letting them meet until we started filming they just didn't talk to each other so they were these estranged <laughs> siblings were this awkward, like, hey, oh, okay, I have to navigate how you're going to talk because I haven't heard you talk in a while and you're acting a lot different. So it kind of helped to keep them separate to build that chemistry, which is a little um, counterintuitive. I liked as well that the script seemed to be something of a, a lesson in how to navigate a difficult conversation. <laughs> from her perspective, because she was like, 
I, I need you to calm down because I can't go into this conversation angry. So I need yeah. to check myself and my emotions before that in, infects this next conversation I'm going to have. And then uh, there was quite a few of her lines that was like a lesson in assertiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a few of the things that she said, I was like, right, I need to put that in my assertive <laughs> bank. Like, this is not, she's like, this is not a request. So I, I can't remember the exact line, but, but like... I'm, I'm, this is not a request, I, this is not a debate, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you this, and here are the reasons why, and you need to understand me, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Without yelling at him, yeah. yeah. Yes, because she knew if she would have yelled, that's going to make things worse. I need, to, I need to get what I need out of this situation. I need him, him to come with me and sign this thing. But I know that if I do it in a certain way, it's going to get angry and it's going to backfire. So how do you navigate a, a difficult conversation like that and still get what persuade the other person to do what you want yeah exactly I mean when I was when I was in the process of writing it it was kind of I referred to it as like the hostage situation because it's like okay well you can't can't upset this person because you need to exactly what you said get the end goal everyone needs their end goal and so it really had to be this kind of like dance of of persuading explaining um, calming and yeah, it was, it was a, it, I, I, without the yelling, I think it just makes it more tense, you know. I don't want to give you too many compliments, but I, I really enjoyed last year digging up your, your previous work, and, and now I'm enjoying kind of following you and seeing where you go next. Um, definitely real, like, talent there, so, yeah, hopefully. Um, let's move on to, I don't know if we could call it lighter, scarier, <laughs> you know, COVID-based, the Clawford trilogy, Caroline. <laughs> I mean, is, is it so, a comedy? Is it a thriller? I, um, <laughs> I made the, so I made the first one. I made each part I made separately and I just stuck them together because they do run on. So I just sort of glued them together into one. Um, the first one I had sort of called a, a comedy horror, but it's not, it's not really that, scary so I don't know but I made them um I took some night classes in filmmaking um but fortunately they got cancelled when lockdown hit so I, I I managed to get eight classes out of that but but it was it turned out to be a real blessing because it kept me occupied the first couple of months in lockdown when everything was just going to hell um I could spend a nice weekend just occupied with an activity doing a bit of, of filmmaking and trying to put into practice what I'd been learning <laughs> and making a film we talk about all the people that help you make a film collaborative effort this is this is certainly not that you know it's easy no. just to think oh i'm gonna make a film while i'm in like i mean I, when, when i saw this i, I was inspired and I thought, I'm going to do it. And I just did a children, and well, who's going to do that? And when am I going to find time for that? And so, like, to, to talk about the difficulties of doing everything yourself. I mean, did you storyboard? You know, did you, how do you time manage reverse shots? Just talk about the difficulties of being yeah. everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess it's, it, does, it makes things easier in some way, because then you don't have to ask anybody else, like, 
I'm not taking up anybody else's time. If I get bored of it, I can just stop. Sure. You know, I'm not messing anybody around. I'm just in my own flat. So, you know, I don't have to go anywhere. Um, I, I did storyboard it. I made some, some bullet points as to what I wanted to do. Storyboarded it out, which is kind of, I'm, I'm really not very good at drawing. So that bit was kind of difficult. Um, mm. Yeah, I just sort of was looking around. What do I have in my house that I can, I haven't got any actors. So I'm going to use Clawford um, and stick some eyebrows on him and turn him evil. And, and get, they, they get were the not cat. his eyebrows? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> he wasn't really brown. <laughs> I was like, what have I got to draw eyebrows with? I've got some gaffer tape, so I'll use that. You know. Um, so everything, I only bought one prop, and that was I spent about £2.69 on the, um, the tape, the police tape. Oh, yeah. That was the only th- thing I forked out on. Um, so you could say I had a budget of two pounds sixty nine. Yeah, I guess it was it was hard because also I'm I'm learning. I'm a beginner here, so I'm also learning like how to use the camera and how to use editing software and stuff. But doing trying to get something in focus when you're in the camera is kind of hard because you've got a. I had actually um, a cat toy that that's like a long stick with a bit of string and a dangly fluffy thing on the end and I would hold that out in front of the camera about where I was going to be and focused on that and help the set it recording focused on that <laughs> and then put that down and ran into the shot and did the thing and you know four times out of five it wasn't focused at all and um, the fifth shot was the one <laughs> the one that I could use but yeah focusing was really hard yeah I didn't even think about that I haven't done any any sort of quarantine thing myself and I, I I live with my my partner so he can always help me but I didn't even think about focus that yeah that had to have been incredibly frustrating at times it was but I was trying to you know explore some of these techniques I'll do a bit with like uh focus pulling or like moving something into focus mm-hmm. um, and I didn't have a monitor either so it was all just off the the back of the camera so some there's one shot where I pick up the the USB stick out of the plant and then like look at my watch and honestly I did that about 20 times I was just like it's just massively frustrating <laughs> why can I not just get this to work <laughs> yeah that was difficult but you only need the one so that was so you got it yes I, I got it yeah <laughs> yeah that- I really enjoyed these as a whole I know you they they really reminded me of like um kind of the the style of like an Aardman animation, you know, just like a little bit like a fun Wallace and Gromit. Like, I know you said it wasn't a horror, but I, I feel like there are certain episodes of, of those animations that can be really funny. And then they're also kind of have their like scary, spooky moments. And, and it just really reminded me of that. And I, I really enjoyed it. And I also thought it was really great over the three episodes how you you basically just used your apartment so well of I felt like I was seeing new places each time and you kind of just like had special spots for each episode of what we were seeing as the audience of the one location that you have. Yeah. Okay. And a beautiful roof as well. The, the roof I have to admit is not my roof. Oh, it's not. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not mine. Which um, I was wondering if people would... Because the stair is different, and if you when you look out on the stair, when I open the door, there's like there's no stairs up, and I was thinking everyone's going to know this isn't my roof. Oh my but no, it's just a, a friend who lives in the the centre of Edinburgh, 
I was talking to about the film and, and you know, what what can I do for the third one? It's got to be good. And I, I couldn't quite figure out what to do. And he went up on his roof. He said, look, you can come around here because nobody needs to, I can just buzz you in. You don't need to see anybody. You won't touch anybody. Most people have moved out because they're all Airbnbs, which are all totally empty. So, yeah, it's, it's got a great view of the skyline of Edinburgh up there. And it's a real kind of showdown kind of location. Yeah, it was like the departed, the end of the departed. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Not quite as shocking, but... Yeah, a little bit, little bit different, but still <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Less murdery. Yeah. It's funny sitting <laughs> the, the lion's point of view, wouldn't it? You know, stuff like that. The, you mentioned animation. It felt like that. Like that. It made me laugh. Um, yeah. but, but I was also like engrossed in it. It's, it was funny. We're all running in different directions. I did, I sellotaped yeah. onto the end of um I had a what's it called a, a tripod. Mm. I like sellotaped them onto the end of the tripod to hold him on and held the camera at the other end and just sort of ran around. But I had to do it quite low down. So I think I'm glad that nobody's here watching me do this because I'm like scampering around on the roof, <laughs> doubled over with a with a cuddly toy sellotaped onto a tripod. Yeah, all the equipment you need for film and you, you know cat toys, sellotape. It's it's all technical, you know, stuff that <laughs> yeah. you've obviously made good use of though, you know, and, and by yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's a good use of lockdown, certainly. Um yeah. the, the when you introduced the other character of the the I think it was the police. I can't remember if it was like a drug DEA or something. But where where did you get that jacket from? Is that did you already have that with <laughs> The jacket is like my off my work jacket oh, okay. for the office, uh, but I had these patches. Um, got a bit of a, a, a sew-on patch collection that I haven't actually sewn onto anything yet. Um, so I used double-sided sellotape to stick it stick on the patches. I didn't even notice. And I had um, <laughs> a, a badge from the FBI tour from from pre nine eleven when you could go and visit the FBI building. Um, in Washington, and I got a badge from that, and it says FBI tour on it. And I, I was like, "Well, that looks kind of policey. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put that on." Ah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Get a sell a, sell a tape of patch onto a hat. That was good. I like it, and I did laugh, and it was kid friendly as well. Um, yeah. Because I had my kids with me, and they were like, "You see a lion frowning, be lying." You're like, "What's this? What's this, Baba? Oh, oh, I sit down. I'll show you." I didn't yeah. need to explain it. Yeah. But they laughed, yeah. Good, good. The other thing that I tried to do um, was to not use any words. Mm. Um, and that was deliberate for two reasons. One of them being that I can't act. Um, and <laughs> the other one is, is that I wanted to make something that was more accessible um, for, for deaf and hard of hearing people um, or for, for people for whom English is, is not the first language. Um, so I deliberately wanted to create something that was visual rather than using a lot of words. Yeah, you almost could have made it a crackly and like a silent cut film. It would have worked. You almost, as I mm. as I think about it now, you could have almost it could almost be like that. I, I like that where you don't need you don't really need dialogue. It, it explains yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a good choice. I mean, I don't. I'm sure you're a better actor than you think, but I, <laughs> but I think that it it kind of added like this little extra bit of whimsy to it, which was just nice and just kind of created the style of it it's like oh this is the kind of like no one's going to talk and you you're 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 speaking as much as Crawford is so you guys are on this um <laughs> <laughs> and 
<laughs> yes. Because <laughs> it makes you think. It makes you think about how to do things visually as well. I can't just be like, oh, oh no, it's a time bomb. I've I've got to, you know, figure out how to how to show that. Yeah, uh, I really loved the music as well. I felt like it was just such a fun, and was very like it just kind of fit the mood overall and, and just kind of how you switched it up depending on, on what we were experiencing. Thank you. Did you know you were going to do three then? Or did you do one and think, I think this has to carry on? Or did you think, no, this is going to be like a bit of, yeah. you know, bookend with, how did you? Um, it's, I wanted to do more. In fact, I did one and then um, I was talking on Twitter with, um, the director of Last Call, um, Gavin Michael Booth. Mm-hmm. And he said, kind of probably jokingly, you should make it a trilogy. And I was like, well, I'm in lockdown. What else am I doing? So let's just do three. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Yeah, certainly make it that, <clears throat> that raw amateur. It, it, this, is a, this is a positive feel. As I said, like I used to make films in college and just things have gone a different direction for me, but it, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I'm making a film. And I went and got my shark. Uh, I've got like a shark puppet. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah. I'm going to do kind of like a Jaws unseen footage documentary and interview Bruce, and it's going to be really old. <laughs> and I just had, I started writing a script. It's insane. And I think I mentioned I mentioned I was inspired. I never followed through, but it's certainly something I should do. But, you know, people do, don't make use of this unfortunate time that we've had and, and that obviously shows that you, some people do do know how to kind of handle it and you know re- really impressive really funny i laughed i laughed a lot okay come back to julia what are you doing now what other sort of film related activity are you are you in now and what what are you what are you going to do next right now i'm uh i i just wrapped a quarantined commercial so it was a commercial that we shot completely separate from one another. We uh, were all on Zoom for like 12 hours a day. And that was a really cool, weird experience. And uh, I hope to do another one of those. But I've also just been spending this time kind of writing. I have a couple shorts that I want to make, unfortunately, not during quarantine. That's kind of been my, my biggest problem is that I've come up with a lot of ideas that I'm really excited about but they're just not for quarantine. And, and I don't necessarily feel like they could be molded to be that. Um, so I've just been spending a lot of time writing, and I, I hope to get back on set soon. But it's California especially has been um, – our cases just keep going up. And so I, I'm just kind of staying inside right now. Caroline, what about yourself? Any plans? I – so I have, but since finishing Clawford, I have made another film, uh, which is a documentary um, about a, a Kurdish refugee living in Scotland mm. um, and her journey and her family. Un- unfortunately, because of reasons I won't go into, you won't get to see it. Um, but at least it was a good experience, you know, doing just doing some more learning and, and solving problems and getting some experience. So... Uh, at the moment, I need to come up with an idea, and and that's the bit that I struggle with is coming up with the initial idea because I'd love to make some some more. And now that we can at least meet people outside, I might be able to get some rope some people into act for me. Yeah. But 
Um, I just, you know, I'm sort of at the stage of Googling, like, how do you come up with ideas for films? So The ideas come when you stop looking. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you now, yeah. I have a million ideas a day when I'm not thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. When you try and force one, it doesn't come. Yeah. The unfortunate truth. But I have also been in that position of, like, feeling like I need to, like, look at, like, what, what makes something good? Because <laughs> I don't know what it is anymore. Even if you've got a brilliant idea, you must you stop yourself and go, well, how, how many people are going to think that's a good idea, though? And that must be, I mean, how many writers have not finished something because they've, that, that has taken over, you know, that, that doubt? I know this is a really deep question, but you both must have felt that, that that's a good idea, but then as you think about it, you realise there isn't an audience for it, or you think there isn't an audience for it. The different iterations of we landed on, on that specific idea, the thing that I would talk with my production designer, because she EP'd it as well, um, we would come up with this idea and kind of get far down the road with it, and then just stop and say, okay, well, what's the point of this? Um, I don't think everything needs to have, like, a heavy-handed message, but it's like, what, why would someone want to watch this and yeah. enjoy it? And if you can't answer that question, or I felt like if you couldn't answer that question, why should we kind of spend all of this time and money on it and and we eventually got to that like oh what's the point of this thing and, and we finally could answer that with the script that we had but um yeah it is a really tough there's many things that i've, I've said goodbye to or forgotten about in, in you know just the process of filming it's, it is a tough thing and i think as well coming up with an idea that that will fit your means so we could all come up with a big blockbuster huge budget movie idea but well i can't make that so what what idea have i got that i can actually make with what i have available yeah yeah good good uh, anything yeah, else yeah. either you want to add anything else any other questions about the festival anything you want to talk about uh no just i can't wait to see some of these films yeah and i can't wait to see that you know what the because um You've got the competition section, so I'm really looking forward to finding out what what did the jury make of these films. Mm. Who's going to win? It's so exciting because now, and I'm not going to say anything in front of Julia, but it's really exciting to know what they think. And but we can't say anything, so we have to wait. <laughs> you know, hopefully by which will be September sixth is when we'll do the online announcement and, and we'll see. But but as I always say, everybody's a winner. Yep, yep, yep. But, it is, yeah, I'm sure you guys are all in that, that nice power high of knowing. I'm just kidding. It is kind of, yeah, but it's like, don't say anything. Can, can, no. can I talk about the film? Yeah, yeah, you can talk, but don't talk about what we've talked about. Yeah, don't give an opinion, yeah. I'll have to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just equally excited to see all these films, and, and I'm so excited. I, I love the, the kind of programming of this one, and I think it's going to be really great. And yeah, thank you so much for, for having me on. And it was really great to meet you, Caroline. Yeah, and you too. Yeah. Right. It's, it's great to be able to talk to another female filmmaker who's obviously further ahead than me, but just sort of get a bit of inspiration, get a bit of kind of role model going on. Yeah, I don't know. You're the one making things in quarantine, so I'm a little bit, I feel a little bit behind you right now. So. Uh, but thank you both. Like, insights. As always, I could listen to you talk all day, so... Hey!